I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. This is what happens when the fourth turning meets fifth generation warfare. A commentator, international social media sensation, and former Navy intelligence veteran. This is Human Events with your host, Jack Posobiec. Deliver us from President evil. Trump, his, his rise amongst people of color, African-Americans and Hispanics, it, it, it's because they, they are following white working class voters, what they did with Reagan, and, and Trump in 2016, they're following, they're moving towards Trump because of his policies. Remember they told us we were dead, manufacturers dead in America, China was going to eat our lunch. Well, guess what, man? We don't taste that good. Walgreens is planning to close yet another pharmacy in the Massachusetts 7th, this time on Warren Street in Roxbury, a community that is 85% black and Latino. This closure is a part of a larger trend of abandoning low-income communities. These closures are not arbitrary and they are not innocent. They are life-threatening acts of racial and economic discrimination. That is why I joined with Senator Markey and Warren to demand answers from Walgreens CEO. When the president is in East Palestine, Will he drink the water there? The president's focus has been to do everything that he can to support this community from day one. I'm not going to get into some sort of political stunts about drinking, about drinking water. I cannot understand why President Biden would not use his existing executive authority that he has right now to stop this. He won't. In, in, yeah, instead he said things like, give me the power. Give me oh, this, give, give me, me that. Yeah. He, he knows that he has the authority. We've documented it for him. I've read to him the law, myself, to the president. Read him the provisions of the law and said, Mr. President, please take action. We have the worst border in the history of the world. There's never been a border that allowed millions of people to come into a country, even a third world country, that fight them off, I always say, with sticks and stones, that fight them with sticks and stones. They're destroying our country, I, I and it's not it sustainable. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. Yeah, when I grew up well, it's Groundhog Day again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. Here live. Here we are in Washington, D.C. Today, of course, February 2nd, 2024, Anno Domini. Folks, go look at that clip from Jack Smith back there. Unsealing the indictment. The January 6th case. It was all over. President Trump was going to be knocked out of not just the election, but possibly lose his entire freedom. It was all done for, folks. This was the end. Yes, it was the end, my friend Jim Morrison. But actually, it turns out it wasn't the end. And in fact, it was just the beginning. Because we just found last night and we've got we've got a bevy a booty a booty if you will of goods a booty of goods not just big fanny and her big booty of indictments which is going up in flames but also jack smith's case going up in flames what do we have well last night the january 6th case against president trump was taken off the docket we told you yesterday 
that it looked like this thing was falling apart. Then late last night after the show, the case was taken off the docket. That means we do not know when it will be rescheduled. Remember, I want to be very clear about this. This was the entire reason for the Ron DeSantis campaign, $168 million we now know, wasted on this vanity run of the Florida governor. Then we saw another case a case against Fannie Willis. And they said, oh, this was the phone call. This was the, you know, this terrible call. Find the votes. You got to find the votes, Brian Kemp. Friend, find the votes. And Fannie Willis is, is running around, waving around this big booty of indictments that she has. But instead, Fannie Willis, thanks to the receipts provided by Mike Roman. Mike Roman of Philadelphia, a devout Catholic, a father of eight. Go and support Mike Roman because he is the one who came through with the receipts against Fannie Willis and set all this in motion. And just moments before we went live today, Fannie Willis publicly admitted that she is in a relationship with the lead prosecutor here. That means that all of the money, the kickbacks, the hiring, and they're trying to say, by the way, I'll tell you right now, they're trying to say, okay, we're in a relationship but the relationship didn't start at the time of the hiring. The relationship started after the hiring. Okay. It's not going to fly. You can't separate it. You, there is no way to determine the truth of that. The only thing left is to throw this case out. You must dismiss this case. And I've heard from sources in Georgia that this case is hanging by a thread. The fact of the matter is that the lawyers down or the judges down there, I should say, are looking at this going, look, there's no way we can proceed given the facts as they are, the money that she has stolen from the taxpayers. And Fannie Willis herself very well might end up in jail if AG Carr and Brian Kemp want to do their jobs. Richard Barris joins us next after the break. Human Events Daily continues. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the best ways that you can support us here at Human Events and the work that we do is subscribing to us on our Rumble channel. Make sure you're subscribed. You hit the notifications so you'll never miss a clip. You'll never miss a new live episode. And we're putting them out every single day of the week. Good, I rolled with bloods. And then boys had a saying. You can't be listening to all that slappy whack, trimatazalitzabam ship, nippy bam bam, like human events with Jack Posobiec. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Human Events Daily. World, absolute flames, Bidenomics, a complete and total disaster, but it cannot and will not ruin my day. Do you know why? It's because I start my day with a hot America first cup of blackout coffee. Blackout coffee, 100% America, 0% anything else. Blackout Coffee is 100% committed to conservative values from sourcing the beans to the roasting process, customer support and shipping. They embody true American values and accept no compromise on taste or quality. I love this stuff. When Tiny Tay makes it for me in the morning as we're getting ready, get the kids out the door. It's incredible. You can have it too. Power yourself, power your family, power your life, power your business. Blackoutcoffee.com slash POSO and use promo code POSO20 for 20% off of your first order. You can check out the gear selection, incredible gift ideas while you are there. Check out the gear. Blackoutcoffee.com slash POSO. Be awake, not woke. That's blackoutcoffee.com slash POSO. Promo code POSO20. Rich Barris, the people's pundit, joins us next. Now, Rich, I, I wanted to go through some of these polls with you. I was looking at this Q poll. People were saying, oh, the, you know, the Biden team was, you know, really celebrating that, running around with it, holding it up like a chicken with its head cut off, you know, 
It's like, I had my first beer, I had my first beer, we had our first poll, we had our first poll that's good, you know, in, in years. Um, and you, you then get the news, though, that last night we get the news, and this is, this is, the, this is both shoes dropping now in, in rapid-fire succession. And don't tell me yeah, for a second is. that this isn't connected. The J6 trial gets taken off of the docket. We know that Fannie Willis has been working very closely with the Department of Justice. Now she comes out publicly and says, you know what? I admit it. I was in this relationship. But she says, this is the amazing part. She says, I was in a relationship, but it wasn't an affair. I was in a relationship, but it wasn't until after I hired. I mean, it's good game. Just it's done. Big Fanny. Big Fanny's going up the river. She's going all the way up the creek. And then you had the free, the Washington free beaking, that audio, why that was so damning, Jack, even though it wasn't related, is because it shows a pattern of behavior. Fanny Willis clearly uses her fanny to get guys to do things for her. She gets a piece of it on the back end. Um, and this is, you know, when I spoke, I mean, even left-wing lawyers, when they heard about this that I spoke to, uh, were just appalled by this. Like, this is really bad. Like, this is not something a prosecutor can get wrapped up in. And any time, let alone when they're embroiled in a high-profile case against a former president who's running again and is the front runner to be president, like this is not something you want, you would want to be caught up in. But listen, I was talking about this this morning. Don't you find it funny that so many of these people who come, who come for Donald Trump, uh, end up having so many skeletons in their own closet that, and then they get exposed, and then they get hurt themselves. Michael Avignati is spending 400 plus years in a federal prison because, uh, you know, things that he had done. There were always rumors about Michael Avignati, yet the media held him up as he was some kind of a hero. Brian Stelter, uh, Mr. Potato Head, once said he should be president of the United States and would be a serious contender for the nomination, the Democratic nomination. Now you have Fannie Willis, who, let's be clear, everyone knows the rumors. Jack, can we? It's like everyone's afraid to say them, and I think we all know why, but everyone was always afraid to say what those rumors were after she came down with these charges from Donald Trump on do, against Donald Trump. And now, of course, there's, uh, you know, we're, we're all getting this peek into her closet to see the skeletons, and she is now uh, facing some serious trouble. So, and by Rich, the way, are you, Brian, are you saying we've got, are you saying, are you saying Fanny is I'm, dirty? That we've got a dirty Fanny I'm sorry, down she's in totally Georgia? totally dirty. And, I'm saying dirty it fanny. takes a dirty person. It takes a dirty person to concoct cases against somebody who's not dirty in order to prosecute them for political reasons, for political persecution. I don't understand why anyone would be surprised. We would find out that this is the caliber of someone's character. Donald Trump is the most investigated person ever to run for office. He was a real estate mogul during the height of the crime families in New York, and they, they, didn't do business with him. That's what a Boy Scout they view Donald Trump to be. So if it takes a prosecutor, uh, it, it would take what I'm saying is it would take a crooked, dirty prosecutor to fabricate novel legal theories to to use to go after a guy they couldn't find any real crimes to 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 go after him on. Jack, you understand what I'm saying? Does that hope that makes logical sense to people? Like if Robert Mueller and Andrew Weiss well, well, and here's, anything, here's the, here's the bigger part it. of it. They would have used it, of course. And, and by the way, if any of this of stuff were true, we would have known in 16 for many of these things. But uh, specifically on this one in Fulton County, before we get to the J6 bit, um, because I do want to ask you about how, what effect this will have for the general election. And yeah. 
the 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 piece that I see here though is it seems like people were asking why is she indicting 19 people all at once this is not something you usually see in a prosecution you you might see it in nope. Rico or something like that but the idea that she was indicting 19 people it just didn't make a lot of sense even I remember even CNN was saying this even their own legal observers were saying what is going on and here is the reason because she knew that she could requisition more money from the public coffers from the state of Georgia and potentially if if what Mike Roman's receipts are and they've all been true so far so I don't know why we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't trust Roman's receipt on this one what do they say about those those conservatives from Philly what can I say they got the receipts that <laughs> that she was also taking that she was also taking federal COVID funds which means guess what that's an FBI jurisdiction that's a federal crime. that's Absolutely true. That's why uh, she's in a little bit bigger trouble here or potentially than people think. I know a lot of people jump on Brian Kemp and they should. And, and by, the the way, general, by the way, Rich, I'll throw it there. At the wheel. There, PP, this would not be the first time that we saw fraud with the PPP loans, would it? No. No, not at all. And but that's the difference is that, you know, people pining about because I mean, the state could take some action here as well. But now when you're dealing with federal funds, that's when the FBI has to get involved. And again, it's not just that, as you said. I mean, Jack, it's not just one thing here. We're talking about multiple, multiple uh, dipping in federal funds and misuse of that money. Um, you know, and and, and uh, I think we're going to find out that there's even more. Uh, so, oh my again, gosh, I Rich, I got to show you. I'm, I'm sending it. this. I just saw this oh, clip. Okay. I've got a. I've got a. Somebody just sent me this clip. I was on Carly Bonet on Midnight Rider. She said, CBS is, they're having a wake over there. You should see them for Fannie Willis. They're saying, well, it it looks as though she she may have had to run into a little bit of trouble down there. They're so upset. They're so upset. We're going to get it. We're going to get it during the break. This is amazing. They're so upset. Oh, the long faces. The guy's like... Well, you know, you don't let them all, folks, because they know exactly what's going to come out. They know exactly what's going to happen. They know that a judge is going to look at this and say, you cannot separate the dirty relationship and the dirty dealing that Dirty Fanny was doing down here in Georgia from the case, from the indictment. The whole thing is this is this is it's not the same, but it's it's like fruit of the poison tree. Okay, the entire thing was corrupt from the start. Jack, uh, you know, there's a case we because we're we're doing a lot of work on um, justice department or justice system statistics and the fairness of our justice system or lack thereof, actually, a fairness. And I mean, there have been cases where there the prosecutor or the police that were involved. You know, there there was a lot less uh, doubt cast on their credibility or their character, and that led to uh, you know reopening <laughs> cases or throwing out convictions. I mean, it's a lot less. In cases How can you put this in front of a jury? In question is a lot better than this. Right. You just you can't. And by the way, on that timeline issue, I do think that you charge a whole bunch of people when you're trying to speed something up as well, for whatever reason that may be, because in a normal investigation, you would charge some defendants and you're obviously trying to get them to roll on somebody else. And then, you know, so it takes time It unfolds. She was trying to, you know, cram this into a time frame, uh, uh, an artificial timeline here, um, which, by the way, is another bombshell with the D.C. case. I mean, this falling off the docket. You know, I've had some people tell me it's because of the time involved, uh, you know, that it's not going to be anywhere near the election now. But then I've had some others tell me that's not true. 
And so, you know, me not being a lawyer, I've, I've got to just kind of like use my street smarts here. And I, I just don't believe in coincidences. And other lawyers are telling me that this, of course, still would remain on the docket, even if you're waiting for clarification from the Supreme Court. So it just looks like because we because know Rich, that, that Supreme Court anyway. schedule. Right. That Supreme Court schedule is not <laughs> Supreme Court is not exactly known for uh, the swiftness of their uh, decision making when it comes to especially, by the way, when it comes to a question that directly involves someone who was the head of the no executive doubt. branch of government. So you're talking about huge separation of powers issues, obviously a massive precedent. Um, and even if they rule against Trump, all right, even if they rule that presidential immunity, et cetera, et cetera, doesn't get in here, what, what President Trump is doing through his lawyers and to the Supreme Court, and he's making this case as well in Truth Social uh, very frequently, is pointing out that this is a precedent that will rule over every president going forward. Oh, God. And I think yeah. that his message with those, with those Truth Socials that he's posting, he's making that pitch directly to the justices Consider what you are doing, because this isn't just about Trump and it's not just about Jan 6 and all this stuff. It's every president going forward. The essential the essential uh, ex the executive branch itself and the running of the executive branch will now be filtered through this decision. Without a doubt. And Jack, Democrats should think about it, too, because it's not just who is you know moving forward now. Consider. Uh, the joking and the mocking of the argument that was made uh, over the Navy SEALs being ordered to hit this one and that one, and people were making a mockery out of it. And Trump was basically saying, yeah, because what – or his team was saying that, yes, uh, certain immunities must apply to the president. If you're a Democrat, you better think back. You know, let's let's talk about what it would mean for Barack Obama when he ordered Anwar al-Awlaki to be murdered. You know, so that's a U.S. citizen, terrorist or not, Jack. He's a U.S. citizen. So, you know, if we wanted to go rooting through the decision-making process of that um, – you know that action by a president, it could have gr more serious, than happy to. Um, ben Rhodes, Ben Rhodes, let's talk about that. Ben Rhodes, Mr. Yep. Deputy ben. National Security That's Advisor. Right. Let's talk let's to Ben Rhodes and let's haul him up. We'll have that conversation right. right before you get sent to the labor camp. Rich Barris, People's Pundit, joins us after the break. We're going to talk about how this affects the general election. Today, you talk about influencers. These are influencers, and uh, they're friends of mine, Jack. So, like, where's Jack? Jack, he's done a great job. Jack was back live, Human Events Daily, Washington, D.C. So, Rich, talk to me for a second about the January 6th poll being dropped off the docket, the idea that, now, this doesn't mean the case has been dropped, but it does mean that potentially uh, there will be no further action in the January 6th case possibly until the election or, or at least the trial will not be seated a jury will not yep. be seated until sometime in 2025 and if that's the case president trump very well could become the executive uh in commander-in-chief by that time which throws the entire thing out basically because it would create such a constitutional crisis um you might even you might even get to the point where if if biden were smart i'm not going to give him I'm not going to give him advice, but I doubt he'd take advice from me. Um, he would be smart to just drop it. He would honestly just be smart at this point to just drop it because then you give uh, you take away something that Trump is railing against at this point. Um, but 
walk yeah. me through some of all of the equity that was pushed into this. I mean, we had the ABC coming out yesterday with this clip saying, oh, actually, the January 6th committee was a made for TV miniseries. It was never met, never intended to be a serious investigation. Um, you have Ron DeSantis and his, his backers in media and in the donor class pumping almost $200 million into this vanity run predicated on January 6th. And by the way, yes. Ron DeSantis is still kind of running around out there acting like he's sort of in the running. He's talking about all these national issues, like he's, you know, in the wings, ready to go. Kind of, It's, it's very strange. His, his behavior is very strange. But the idea here that they thought this was going to be the headshot and it's it's gone. Yeah. And, you know, remember six months ago when Team DeSantis and Team Haley would like pretend, Jack, when we would and we refer to it as the uh, the indictment strategy or the lawfare strategy. Yes. They really thought that they would be the runner up candidates and that one of these trials would go forward. He'd be convicted and they would argue to the delegates at the convention that we have to pass a resolution getting rid of the two bound rule because, you know, we can't have a candidate who's convicted of a felony going into a general election. They cannot win and they would lose it. When people like us would bring that up, even though we know it was true because we talked to donors and people inside uh, and they would pretend like we were, you know, speaking blasphemies or something like that. I mean, I think it's important uh, to know that that this really and I'd still do talk to a lot of Democrats who say this. This is their Hail Mary. I mean, they know Biden is in a really bad position. And this would this to them is their they don't understand that some of those indictments may backfire, right, or at least uh, some of them, that it doesn't look good for a president to be doing this to his political opponent with such novel charges, ridiculous legal theories. So politically, it was more of a liability than it ever was of an advantage. And it would be smarter at this point if you're using, if you're really trying to be objective to get rid of some of these cases if this is going to continue down this road. Um because the Justice Department, well, especially policy, Biden, by the way, he's he's at this uh, he's at this can't. prayer breakfast or something, and he's with Speaker Johnson, and he's they're listening to Amazing Grace, and he's he, like tears in his eyes no. turning to him, saying, "Oh, we gotta unite, we gotta work together." Well, you're trying to put you you're putting patriots in jail. Your administration yeah. is, sir. You're trying it's to put act. your own number one opponent in jail. I wonder if it's an actor. I wonder if it's just that he's so lost in dementia that he can't control his emotions, right? And so he hears, you know, this, you know, this, you know, Amazing Grace, one of the most, um, you know, emotional, soulful songs out there, and it just it hits him, and it, you know, he's got this this uh, exuberance of emotion that <laughs> that comes forth that he just can't control. No impulse control, <laughs> zero impulse control. <laughs> Maybe, Jack, but I mean, I'll tell you, he's always been a, you know, he ran with this like decency argument in 2020 as if he was some kind of a good guy and he didn't act like Donald Trump. The report came out the other day about how he speaks about Donald Trump and Republicans, you know, and his, with his filthy mouth, which, you know, I don't care about, but don't pretend to be something you're not if you, um, you know, still speak about your political opponent like that. So privately, he may tear up with crocodile tears when Amazing Grace is playing, but privately behind closed doors, and he talks about somebody you would love to, the way he talks about uh, Trump and, and MAGA is that you, you would he wants to see see them in camps and in prison at some point. I mean, some of that language uh, that was in that report, you know, is uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson bad buddy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think really it, this is for Trump supporters. I think it's important for them to recognize all the adversity they faced in the last year. This is a huge, these are huge W's that he's getting. And the polls that are coming out, 
you know, that we've talked a lot about me personally. I, I don't ask that question about whether or not he's convicted of a felony. It just in, injects bias into the survey. And it also doesn't give the voters a full scope of what is going on. It's m meant to poison them more than it is meant to get, um, you know, their, their true feelings on it. Right. So this is why I didn't, because there's a, a lot that can happen. I don't think it, it captures the entire choice that people have to make. And I don't think there's any other way uh, for Trump supporters to take what's been going on in the last 48, 72 hours other than a win. I just I don't I don't know how else the Quinnipiac poll that you brought up in the first segment clearly was the outlier that we expected it to be. We told you guys to, you know, take the aggregate more seriously Everyone's argument against Donald Trump has fallen away. The electability argument DeSantis tried to make and now Nikki Haley is trying to make has evaporated. The legal case, the argument about, you know, with the um, the lawfare strategy, the indictment strategy is f failing. It's collapsing. Like So if you're a Trump supporter, you got a lot to be happy about here, Jack. You, you really do. I mean, let's let's face it. It's hard to get Donald Trump. This is like the real Teflon Don. And he just has this enormous ability to do two things. One, absorb an enormous amount of punishment that would kill any other political candidate. And yet still he remains viable. And then two, to win, you know, I mean, to win against all the odds. Um, and there are even challenges against Jack Smith. Now there are complaints filed against the appointment of Jack Smith, whether or not that was appropriate outside of the, the arguments that the Trump campaign is, or the Trump legal team has been making. And I'll tell you, um, if he does succeed in pushing any of these back toward the election, then th that's it. He's told it's a total W for him because the Justice Department cannot prosecute a sitting president. That is longstanding policy, Jack. They're not going to change it uh, now. And even if they did try, he'd well be within his authority to vaporize the investigations anyway with the stroke of a pen be over. So um, and by the way, he wouldn't have to care about the blowback the way he had to care uh, during the days of Robert Mueller because he wouldn't be facing any other um, re-election concerns, all of that would be out the window. So if, again, if you're a Trump supporter, it's a huge W. And all voters know this already. And yet you still see his strength in the polls the way he did, um, the way we have in the last couple of hours. There's no way, in another word on that Quinnipiac poll, we know now one was right and you know one, one was wrong and the rest were right. There's no universe where he could be doing that well in the battleground states Fox now, Bloomberg, all of them. He, he cannot be winning Georgia by eight, be winning Wisconsin by three, and be down uh, by seven points nationally. There's no universe where that uh, makes sense. And by the way, even Haley was losing in Georgia to Joe Biden. She was losing in Wisconsin to Joe Biden. So it's not. it's been, a, with all the adversity they faced, it's been an incredible 72 hours for Trump and his supporters. It has. It really has. And and Rich, you know, we've got a couple of minutes left in the segment. Keep in mind, is as this is going on, he's also out there making deep inroads into what? The union vote. This has yep. been, I can't believe the media just, they're so locked into their soap opera tabloid style reporting on Trump that they're not doing the normal horse race voting of, or horse race reporting of the actual race. And the fact of the matter is that Trump right now, if I, I, I believe I saw a poll yesterday, that he's at parity with Biden when it comes to these union yes. households. That's a huge problem for Biden in the Rust Belt. Yeah, it, disproportionately in the Rust Belt. 
And last month we we wrote that. I came in your show. We talked about it briefly. I wrote an article on locals about the change in the uh, union vote. And I think it was a day or two days ago, Harry Enton on CNN, who was one of the few who really seems to pay attention to stuff that matters, uh, wrote about the union vote. And that was because of Trump's second meeting with the Teamsters as Biden was going to the UAW. I mean – over a million members in, um, you know, the Teamster Union, Jack. Over 50,000 in key areas of Pennsylvania alone. And uh, there's, there's no doubt that Trump had some slippage in 2020. Union bosses really put the screws to their members in 2020 and said, don't you dare, you know, do what you did during 16. You know, do not abandon Biden the way you abandoned Hillary. Uh, some of those tactics worked. But now it is looking be it, it last month it was looking more like 2016 again, but even a better little slight advantage more so for Trump. Now um, we're at a point where uh, you know I don't think we have the whole story. You know the polls that have come out in the last couple of weeks uh, show an even better uh, a number for Donald Trump among union households, and that's one thing we track all the time. Not just households, but whether they're public or private sector union households. And because, you know, we're not in the 1940s anymore, household composition is different. What makes the union member, the, the, the demographic composition of a union member is totally different. And that's why that, that non-college working class number is so important, buddy. So important. You get that plus high people remember Trump is now, you break into unions. You do. It's overlap. Yeah. I think people remember as well that President Trump skipped the first debate. And what did he do? He went to the auto worker yep. strike and he gave a, a speech there. But it wasn't even so much a speech. He was actually listening. He was interacting with the crowd. He was interacting with the families. Yep. He was talking to people who were there. He was listening to their concerns, one of which, a really big one, and I'm going to keep pointing this out, was the electric vehicle mandate, the EV mandate that the Biden administration is pushing down. This is absolute anathema to those union households because they hear EV mandate and they think China. They think that means that's not going to be look. We I know Elon's got the gigafactory down in Texas and all that, but everybody knows that the real uh, the real you know mega factories, the giant factories of this are in China. And, to, you know, to, obviously, Elon has one is there as well in Shanghai. And so yeah, no, they hear this oh, stuff yeah. and they know that it's coming through. So we're coming up on a quick break, but I want to hold you over if you can, because I think the, this is actually going to be sure. one of the biggest, biggest wedge issues of the Democrat coalition, which is already facing wedge issues when it, a huge, not just wedge, but an absolute schism when it comes to the Israel-Gaza issue. This is decimating Biden with a, a key area of his support, not one that Trump is necessarily going to pick up, but... With the union households, Trump is going to pick up those supporters by going after the EV, EV mandate. Book it, folks. Human Events Daily continues next. And Jack, where is Jack? Where is Jack? Where is he? Jack, I want to see you. Great job, Jack. Thank you. What a job you do. You know, we have an incredible thing. We're always talking about the fake news and the bad, but we have guys, and these are the guys who be getting Pulisic. All right, folks, we got our Trump tweet here. We got our Trump tweet. You got to hear this. Rich, you ready? Fannie yeah, Willis, go. the DA of Fulton County, just admitted to having a sexual relationship with the prosecutor. She, in, I mean, you, and you could just hear it. You could hear his voice. You could hear he's he's very... Uh, this is classic Trump, right? Uh, she, in consultation with the White House and DOJ, appointed to get President Donald J. Trump 
by going after the most high-level person and the Republican nominee, she was able to get her lover much more money, almost a million dollars, than she would have been able to get for the prosecution of any other person or individual. All caps. That means that this scam is totally discredited and over. <laughs> and it, I mean, and look, I think we most have normal. Most normal people are going to believe that, Jack. I mean, let's be real. If you're just a normal, it's true. Around, it's just true. On. Not, I mean, but there's no it, way out of it, this. It taints the case, but believe it. You can't the separate case. this you from can't. the case. You, you can't. can't. And we, well, let's get let's. So CNN apparently is. We've got the clip. C or CBS rather. CBS is. They got a guy up there, guys. Let's let's roll this clip. And if you can keep the mics open and our our shots up, because let's let's see how CBS is trying to squirm their way out of this. Do we have a sense at all? I know, obviously, this is all still developing, but what this could mean in terms of consequences? I mean, look how long the, the face is. He's so upset. This is the question that everyone wants to know. And, and there's a hearing that uh, Judge Scott McAfee, who's the presiding judge in this case, has scheduled for February 15th, an evidentiary hearing where he's going to have to uh, hear some of the evidence and then rule on this uh, on this motion. Look, this, the, the bar Look, is he's stammering. high he's stammering. He's stammering. Uh, on the basis of conflicts of interest. And this is the argument that Fonnie Willis and her team make, make here, that they had no uh, vested Fonny. interest, financial or otherwise, you don't want to say in, a, in, uh, in, in a conviction uh, in this case beyond uh, wanting to uh, do justice, beyond wanting to vindicate the rights of, uh, of, their, uh, of, of people in, in Georgia and in Fulton County. So the idea that... The, uh, Look at her, though. Certain yeah, financial like entanglements between the right? uh, Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade could have somehow biased the investigation. They they say that it's not true at all. One other important uh, uh, detail uh, in the in based the on what? Um, based on what? What's your counter these, evidence? There's the none. allegation was that uh, Nathan Wade and Fonnie Willis went on vacations together, right, here we go, cruises, here we go, here we go. Uh, uh, lavish vacations, um, and that that and that Nathan Wade paid for that. From money that she was authorizing paying him for this job. It was the uh, same bank account. Potentially a misuse of, of taxpayer funds, potentially added to the potentially. Idea of of potential. <laughs> what they reveal in this filing was that uh, they actually alternated paying for the, some of these trips, and Fonnie Willis actually paid for some of them as well. And there are actually uh, receipts for Delta flights to Miami that Fonnie. Oh, she paid for some of the stuff herself, so they went double dutch, so it's okay. They, 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 they went, went double dutch. dutch. <laughs> they went double dutch, so it's okay. That's his argument. That's your big way out of this. Oh well, well, she paid for some of the stuff herself. She didn't. He didn't pay for all of it. So therefore, that dude. I, no, man, you don't have it. I'm sorry. You just you think you got it. You don't got it because this is dirty, Fanny. Dirty Fanny was she was dirty when she got in there. She was dirty when she started this case. She was dirty when she ended the case, and she's up there doing. She tried to do Trump dirty. She tried to do him dirty over this. And we we remember the phone call. The phone call was a joke saying yep. that he was, you know, uh, ordering Kemp to, you know, you know, generate votes. Ridiculous. Absolutely no, ridiculous. Not a, not he was talking. We, we don't even have to go through it. We don't have to go through it. But this I, I just don't see any way out of this, man. I really don't. And the bar, you know, he's talking about the bar is so high to prove that this had an impact on the case. Um, First of all, that's been something that a lot of people have been arguing for a long time, that it's ridiculous. And then most of, I've seen so many cases where courts don't want to argue that. And, you know, they, they don't want to have to make the case that the system appears to be corrupt. It's just the way it is. You know, you just don't understand the law. And then you're talking about a case here that's with the former president who is now 
the front runner to be the future president. And you, I, I just don't know how the, the public would see this any other way. You're going to rely on some obscure, well, the bar is, uh, you know, super high to, to make that case. It's not in the court of public opinion, Jack. And I don't think it isn't. I don't think it's as high as. But it um, is. In a I sense, I would say, I would saying. say in a sense it is because the, here's where the public opinion comes in. And, and this is something that you have, have yeah, tracked I guess as well. I said that kind of backwards. Yeah, because of the juror, you know I mean. because the jury yeah. pool, if you yeah. get somebody from the jury pool that hears this stuff. I'm sorry. I have to say, even with Fulton County being, you know, fairly left county, you don't know for sure that you're going to get somebody. And if you're the prosecutors, are you really going to sit there and roll the dice and say, we are going to go 12 for 12. Everybody who goes through that system is going to be our yeah. side against this. And we're not going to find one person that looks at that and says, yeah, it kind of looks like there's a problem there. I, I just don't see how you do it. Jack, there's a lot of people in Fulton County who have uh, maybe themselves or friends, family and associates, people they know who have been, you know, for lack of a better word, screwed over by this same system, you know, by yep. people who get, uh, you know, they don't get the benefit of the, of the doubt under the law and their family and their friends didn't the way that the prosecutor is going to ask them to give them the benefit of the doubt. So while I said that kind of backwards before, I guess what I, exactly, though, what I was trying trying to say is you know that the it, it i just don't know how the public would see this any other way and i don't know how as a prosecutor you roll the you roll that dice so just like what you just said um i guess you could try but you could end up in real bad way here and then if it doesn't work jack <laughs> and you know you're opening yourself up to even more scrutiny because if she if they do continue well, let me, let me, there let most me assuredly back. will be more scrutiny which could lead to more federal investigators precisely of course I mean, there will be come on let me go back though let me go back before we before we lose you i want to talk about the general here because isn't there potentially and and i think something that we're seeing now if trump is able to beat the rap on all of these cases doesn't then <laughs> doesn't that create massive problems for the democrats because if they see him beat they put so much energy into saying we're going to get him on january 6th guess what that's gone we're going to get him on georgia this thing is gone you're going to see a supercharged trump coming out of these things aren't you yeah he'll he'll be there is there is potential here that for backfire in more than one way and one of those is that he could come out of this with just a huge suit of armor and it'll be seen as more of a mandate than you know we normally see a president when he's elected with a mandate right after 16 he won and he won uh, more than anyone thought was possible so that was seen as a mandate he had the house and senate with him this is a this would be some kind of a a different kind of mandate. It would be the public saying, "We know what you tried to do to him, and we still elected him anyway." Look at the Fox poll in Georgia last night. Look, we're talking about Fulton County. We're talking about the Atlanta metro area. Look at his strength in the Atlanta metro area in the Fox poll. And that's still with this going on. They didn't even they weren't subjected to this new cycle. That was before this. So, I just I, I, what my point is, is that you're you're risking the public saying, all right, I know what you alleged. I know what you tried to do. And guess what? We sided with him. That's just huge, it's huge. He'd be unstoppable. I mean, it's this is this is the quintessential American story. It's it's the underdog versus the establishment. It's an American Revolution. It's 
It's Rocky. It's it's the plot of every movie. It's the plot of every single movie. The one plucky guy who has the truth on his side versus the big establishment. It's Star Wars. It's Rocky. It's 1776. It's every single movie you've ever watched. This is always the plot. And when the hero wins in Act 3, right, when he defeats the – remember, Act 2. Act 2 of the movie Empire is always – you know, the Empire Strikes Back, all is lost, we're destroyed, you know, it's, you're, at the, you're at the lowest point possible, and then Act 3, Act 3 comes in, and that is the resolution. When they come back and you have the final culmination of all things. Rich Barris, final minute to you, sir. Yeah, they're going to—I'm so glad, so glad you just drew that Star Wars analogy because it, it fits here 100%. You know, Donald Trump's election, if you're on the side of Trump and you're a Trump supporter, that was the new hope, right? And then from that point on, we've been in the act of—and maybe it was longer than people expected, but we were in the second act, which was the empire striking back. And now um, Americans love the underdog. And this would be, uh, you know, him coming back. He'd be stronger than ever, Jack. He'd be stronger than ever. Rich Barris, where can people follow you real quick? Best place is always locals, peoplespundin.locals.com. All the best, my friend. Incredible. Right back with a very special message for our listeners. I'm working long hours. I'm always listening to Human Events with Jack Posobiec. All right, but Jack Posobiec back here live. I want to play a special clip now from a couple of years back from Morgan Freeman. Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come on. What do you do with yours? Which month is White History Month? No, well, no, 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 come on, tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay, which I'm month is Jewish History Month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh, oh, why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no, no. I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? On Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You understand what I... I know this white guy named Mike Wallace. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So there's Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman explaining the difference between Black History Month as is celebrated... Uh, versus what he would have wanted. Now, that's from a while back. That's Mike Wallace uh, when he was still around. I don't think Morgan Freeman would say that today. I really don't. And honestly, I think people need to understand that's what America was like before Obama. That's what America was like before the Obama years, particularly the second Obama term, because that was kind of the idea of race relations in America today, or in America, I should say, at the time. Because the idea was that we were going to be all in this together. And we're all going to work together. We're going to be colorblind, at least in terms of people's worth, in terms of what people could bring to the table. And we would treat everybody with respect. That's what I teach my kids. Treat everybody with respect, right? But at the same time, if you're going to judge somebody, you judge someone based on their 
actions. You base someone on their ability, their actions, what they bring to the table and what they're able to do. However, of course, since the Obama years happened, we don't do that anymore. And we have that we have now completely separated into these various groups. Wokeness rules the land. We've decided that we are going to be uh, race conscious now in America. And of course, we spent several episodes discussing how the 1960s and the legacy of that legislation created a race conscious America. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I would just like to say happy white history month to everyone who's out there and i would also like to announce that we have decided to award our first national snow queen taylor swift here on human events daily white history month she is our snow queen we stand an absolute snow queen because taylor swift is the quintessential leader really of white history month and there were a series of tweets uh that she potentially could tweet that we presented earlier on our our on social media from her and said you know what taylor it's not just about making history of course it's about celebrating the rich tapestry that is white history that's what taylor swift is all about and so look guys i understand i've heard the criticism people have said oh why are you attacking the swifties why are you attacking taylor swift and i say fine Fine. You know what? I embrace Taylor. I am centering and celebrating my whiteness on the Snow Queen Taylor Swift herself. I'm centered on her. I'm centered on her energy, her white energy. I'm centered on her whiteness. And I feel that, that through this, whoa, 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 people, I see people in the comments saying, is this about hate? I said, this isn't about hate. It's not about hate at all. This is about love. This is about love for Taylor Swift and white history. Yes, because you see, folks, now I know Jesse Lee Peterson. All right, Jesse Lee Peterson has a great, a great White History Month. He's been doing this for a while, and he does it in July. And remember, people were asking, I said, why do you want to do it in July, JLP? And JLP says that he does, wants to do it in July because July just feels white. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, it kind of makes sense. You got air conditioning, you got, you got hot dogs, you got barbecue going on out there driving your car around, you could be outside, the fireflies are going. There's just something about that. There's just something about that that really feels like it's White History Month, so potentially. Um, so of course, we're making the announcement today, and I want people to put in now, there is there is a little bit of a corollary coming up. So if we can show some of the uh, Taylor Swift White History Month, you know, I know we've, we, we really wanted to get this up, folks. So the idea is, of course, we know that Taylor Swift will also be arriving at the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks' time. Out there in Las Vegas, she's going to be cheering on her white boyfriend. She's only ever had white boyfriends, uh, 37 of them, actually. And she's going to be cheering him on. And we heard that at the beginning of the Super Bowl this year, for the first time, as far as I know, at a Super Bowl, they're going to be playing something called the Black national anthem. I think that's wonderful. I think it's incredible. But that also means, of course, we must respond and we must also include the white national anthem to be sung, of course, by Taylor Swift, the Snow Queen of White History Month. And so, folks, if you can send us in the comments, uh, whether you're on Rumble, whether you're on X, whether you're on the podcast side, what song should Taylor Swift sing as the white national anthem. Now, it could be one of Taylor Swift's songs. It could be another song. I don't know. You guys let us know. We're going to pick 
from the best comments again rumble youtube x podcast let us know what what song should we pick and so to all the swifties out there who were very upset they said how why are you calling out taylor swift why are you criticizing i'm not criticizing taylor swift at all no no this isn't about hate this isn't about criticism this is about absolute love swifty poso has been unlocked i i am now a swifty i am a member of the white swifty movement here in america and we are all going to celebrate white history month together as we listen to taylor swift music the whitest music that you can find in the entire country let's all gather around and listen to some taylor swift white music right now in fact you can play it for your kids and whenever you listen to it just remember you're listening to white music for white history month it's incredible and i know folks i know there's a lot of people who say hey we should be colorblind in america and we should judge people based on their skills and based people based on their abilities and their actions but apparently we're going to judge everyone based on race so what am i forced to do all i can say is look what you made me do ladies and gentlemen as always you have my permission to lay ashore. short